What's up, y'all? We're back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. I'm sure you've heard how great the mortgage rates are right now, and they are. But Mike and Virginia, they're not just your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates. But what really makes them different is that Mike is a certified financial planner. He's going to look at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person, not a number. These are the people that you want to work with. These are the type of people you can trust. Whether you're looking at refinancing your current mortgage, maybe buying a new home, Mike and Virginia, they'll make the process as smooth and simple as possible. I'm telling you, they're the best around. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, though, you'll get set up with a free consultation and discuss all your options. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com. Or you can always give Mike a call directly at 970-412-2472. Visit dnvrmortgage.com or give him a call at 970-412-2472. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, uh, let's just jump right into it then. Uh, Colorado State men's basketball unfortunately falls to Utah State 62-50 to in the Mountain West Tournament semifinals. Tough one. This was a, this was a frustrating game um, in, in just so many different ways, mostly because it, it kind of played out exactly how uh, your worst fear would be as a CSU fan. I will say it was an instance where it, it kind of made me feel like, hey, I actually do really understand this sport. <laughs> because if you read my preview on this game, I talked about how the Amos Keda is the cog that makes everything work. His ability to uh, you know protect the rim allows everybody to contest the perimeter extremely aggressively, knowing that they can just rely on him to be their magic eraser and you know fix all of their mistakes on any guys that try to go in the lane. That's what he did. Just an insane game. 18 points, 14 rebounds, 9 blocks. Almost had a triple-double with blocks. That's fucking crazy. He's just a beast. He, he should have been the Mountain West Player of the Year. He's the most impactful player in the league. No offense to Matt Mitchell. He's a very talented player. The Aztecs have obviously had a great season there in the tournament in the championship game as well. But I, I don't know how you watched this league this year and didn't say that's the Mountain West Player of the Year because nobody impacts the game individually like Niamis Keita. And we saw it last night, both ends of the floor. He just wreaked havoc. And the Rams were in a tough spot. They couldn't buy a bucket. They just couldn't make jump shots. And, and I talked about it you know, before. It's, it's hard to score in the half court against Utah State it's also hard to get out in transition because they, they've out-rebounded every single team that they've played this year. They own the glass. Niamis Keita and Justin Bean, the most underrated 4-5 combo in the country, probably. That's you know how consistent they've been throughout this year. And Utah State got the typical performance out of those two last night. Like I said, Keita had 18, 14, and 9. Perfect 6-6 six of six from the free throw line. Played 38 minutes. What are you supposed to do when the best player on the floor only is out for two minutes? I mean, that's that's brutal. And on top of that, you get 13 points and 11 rebounds out of Justin Bean. Brock Miller had 11 points. 
Um, but it, it was really all about Kata and Bean. They dominated this game. They're the reason that Utah State won. And they just, they kind of looked like the team that was used to it, that was ready for that moment. And, and I'm not saying that the Rams were were overwhelmed or anything like that. I just think, you know, Utah State, obviously they've had a ton of success. Craig Smith's still undefeated in the Mountain West tournament. They just looked ready to, to weather the storm. And, you know, I, I thought CSU played with a ton of heart. I thought the effort was great defensively. I thought that, you know, all things considered, they, they were pretty competent on the glass. They gave up way too many offensive rebounds. But part of that was that they just had to rely on the small ball lineup for, you know, most of the night because they just couldn't score with that, you know, with the other lineups on the floor. John Tanjay, I thought, was really good in the minutes that he played. I thought Deshaun Thomas was really good in this one. It's it's a brutal draw, obviously, trying to defend the Amos Kata. I thought he was aggressive, looked to score. I mean, that's what you need out of your bench, guys, especially on a, on a night like this where you just you can't score. CSU 25% from the floor, 17 of 67 from the floor. 17 of 67. That's just whew, rough. 3 of 19 from three-point range, so 16%, no better there. And an uncharacteristically, uh, you know, up and down night at the free throw line, 13 of 18, 72%. That's well below their average. I mean, they're one of the best free throw shooting teams in the country, the best in the conference. Only six turnovers. They valued their possessions. It's not like they were sloppy or anything like that. It just Utah State, they played a great aggressive man defense. They did a great job of contesting looks. There were a couple of instances where CSU maybe rushed things, tried to, you know, jack up some jump shots. I didn't think most of the looks were horrible. I just thought that they were well defended and they just couldn't buy a bucket. And sometimes it's like that, you know, normally when that happens, you want to just attack the rim repeatedly. And there was an instance in the first half where CSU was able to do that. They just kind of kept going at Kata and they had some success. There was four or five possessions in a row where they were able to either make a layup or draw a foul. And I, and I liked that. I think that was a big reason they were able to keep it tight. Utah State ended up closing the first half on a 6-0 run, so they were able to take a four-point lead into halftime. But I liked CSU's approach in the first half, you know, despite the fact that they couldn't buy a bucket. The second half, man, Utah State just, they took over, and, and the Rams, <laughs> it, it didn't get any better. They finished zero of their last 11 from the floor, one of their last 13, Scoring drought of four minutes and one second. I mean, they they put themselves in a position to have a shot. I mean, you only gave up 62 points. Utah State's not a high-scoring team in general. Most of their games are are like this grinded-out, low-scoring. And it's just because of their style of play. They dominate the pace. They play really physical. I said on the DNVR Sports Podcast, if CSU wanted to win, they were going to have to score at least 70 points. The Rams were 13-1 and this year when they scored 75 or more points. But I, I said, I don't think Utah State's going to score 70 points. If you can score, you know, 72 plus, you you likely win the game. And then they just couldn't. They couldn't. But that's what Utah State does. They just, they suffocate you. They absolutely suffocate you. It played out exactly like, you know, you, you worried it might. They dominated the half court. They won the boards. Kata did his thing, was an absolute beast. I'll say this, I... I, I did think that Yamis Kata got away with, you know, maybe a foul or two. I had a lot of people tweeting at me being like, he got away with like six or seven fouls. I, I don't think that's the case. 
I think, you know, some of that is just CSU fans being frustrated in the moment. And no, hey, I mean, it, it was one of those games where it's just like, oh, my God, there were a couple of instances where he got away with some contact. But I will say his first foul was totally phantom. So, you know, it, it kind of plays out. That's just how it goes. The refs, you're going to get some when you're absolutely dominating. They're going to let you, you know, they're going to give you a little bit longer of a leash. And that's that's just what happened. They he He just completely shut CSU down. I mean, Utah State had no field goals their last nine minutes and 30 seconds of the second half. That's how great of an effort the Rams gave defensively. And, and knowing that, I mean, you can, you should still be proud of this team. I mean, they fought to the bitter end against a brutal, brutal opponent in a, in a tough situation. It's a late night game. It got pushed back even later. These, these freaking tip-offs are absolutely ridiculous. And I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to blame the late start on, you know, CSU's rough shooting performance on the late start. It could have been a factor. I mean, think about how just like frustrating it is, even just as an observer to sit there all day and be like, oh my God, is this game ever going to start? Oh, it's deflating. But to actually have to play in it, I mean, the nerves that you would have knowing at what's at stake in this game, that's not an easy position to be in. Again, I don't think it's necessarily the reason that CSU, you know, lost, but the Mountain West, they've got to do something about these late tip-off times in the Mountain West tournament. We do it every year. Some team has to play a semifinal game that tips off at like 11 p.m. Mountain, and then whoever wins has to turn around and play in the championship game less than 24 hours later. That's what happened to CSU in the Magnificent Seven back in the day. They, they won a really late-night game against San Diego State, a game that got pushed back, I believe tipped off at like 11, maybe even 11.30 local. It was an insanely late time. And then they had to play at like, you know, 3 p.m. Pacific the next day, 2 p.m. Pacific, whatever it was. It's just silly. I get that you want the national exposure, but when you tip off at 1 a.m. Eastern or, you know, 1230 Eastern or whatever it ends up being, what kind of exposure are you getting? Is it really worth it? I mean, at, at, at that point, you're just you're sacrificing quality basketball for TV times, and, and it's not even that beneficial because half the country's already in bed anyways. They're not staying up to watch the Mountain West. So excuse my mini rant there. I just, they, they've got to do something about it. I'm all fine with late night games, but you know, an 11 p.m. tip off is, is ridiculous. Even in a tournament scenario, just start two hours earlier. It drives me nuts. It, it drives me absolutely nuts. I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, what CSU fans should expect moving forward. Um, you know, some teams that they should be rooting for to lose on Saturday afternoon, all that type of stuff. Uh, before I get into that, though, uh, just briefly kind of looking at the numbers here, um, I, I want to emphasize that I thought James Moores played really well over the last two nights in two really tough assignments, drawing Orlando Robinson and then Niamis Keita in, in 48 hours is about as difficult of a situation as you're going to be in as a five in the Mountain West. Those are Two seven-footers that are very skilled, have great footwork, good passers, can score in a variety of ways, can hit mid-range shots. I mean, we saw that with Cato last night. He hit a couple of them. He was just in his back last night. He was feeling himself. As a Mountain West fan, as a college basketball fan, as an NBA fan, I love watching Name as Cato. And personally, I think that the NCAA tournament will be more fun with a player like him in it because he's the type of guy 
that can single-handedly impact the game so much that he, you know, he could take Utah State on a run to the Sweet 16. I, I really hope it isn't at the expense of CSU because I just don't see how you look at this situation and use that as, you know, the final nail in their coffin. It's a Q1 loss in the semifinals against the team that's won the Mountain West tournament in back-to-back years. The Rams still don't have a bad loss on their resume. That was a frustrating loss last night, but it's not a bad loss. Like I said, it's Q1 against the the reigning champs. They have the best NBA prospect in the conference by far. How is that what pushes them out? Like Teams in the ACC losing all these mediocre games all season, and they still get, you know, comfortably comfortably projected as like an eight or nine seed you lose one game in the mountain west and and you're apparently buried i just it doesn't make any sense to me i still think csu has a good chance to land a play-in game now i will say there are a couple of bid stealers that we got to look out for and we're going to talk about that in a sec but csu deserves to be in the ncaa tournament you can call me a homer whatever i don't care I'll say you don't under you didn't watch this team and you're being, you know, unrealistic. If if you think that CSU or Utah State didn't deserve to make the field because of that loss, I will say if Utah State lost that game last night, they're probably out because they have a couple of bad losses. That's not the case for CSU. So again, like they deserve the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if a national committee is going to give it to them or not. I sure as hope Craig Thompson, he's on the selection committee. He better be pounding the fucking table for CSU because he absolutely screwed him by making him play four games in a week leading into the Mountain West tournament, put him in this position in the first place. I mean, I, I think Nevada is a great team, and I don't want to make excuses for CSU losing that game, but I just think I I think it was a death sentence. I think their legs caught up to him in that instance, and it put him in a really rough position. <sighs> just... The incompetence of the Mountain West Conference sometimes never ceases to amaze me. They they always keep it interesting, that's for sure. Anyways, I'm going to talk about some bid stealers, uh, some teams CSU fans need to be rooting for this weekend, and then I'm going to talk about uh, what my NCAA tournament coverage is going to look like. I'll talk about Selection Sunday. I'm going to have a live show. Make sure you check that out on YouTube. Doing it with my main guys, Ben Girding, Henry Chisholm. It's going to be a blast. We've obviously been talking college basketball all season on DNVR Madness. This is what it's all about. I, I truly love college basketball. Anybody that's followed me for years knows that this is what I live for. This is my favorite thing to cover. It's it's absolutely a dream come true. And uh, I, I just try and remind myself that on the on the tough nights like like this one when CSU loses in the semis and potentially loses a chance to compete in the NCAA tournament even though they definitely deserve to participate. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break and acknowledge our homies over at DraftKings Sportsbook, and then we are going to keep on keeping on. It's that time of year again. Conference tournaments are tipping off, bubble teams are making their final push for a bid, while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting the customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog, you can win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Pick one of the many select college basketball underdogs for your shot at winning $256. All it takes is a $4 bet, I'm telling you. 
The bank is open. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry, though. If college basketball is not for you, DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, baseball, so much more. You name it, they have the odds. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up for your chance to turn $4 into $256 if the underdog of your choosing pulls off the upset. Again, that's the code DNVR for your chance to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We're all looking to save money, right? Especially now. So let me ask you this. How'd you like to keep an extra $961 a year in your pocket? That's how much Gabby customers save per year on average on car and home insurance that's why when I was shopping for insurance, I used Gabby. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples apples comparison of your current average with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. Just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have. That's what I did. You know, I talked about recently, I finally got a new set of wheels, no longer driving a clunker. Had to hook it up with a new auto insurance rate, went on there, had to make sure I was getting a good deal, found out I was, found out it wasn't going to make a big difference for me to switch. But guess what? You might be paying way too much for your auto insurance. Like I said, Gabby customers save $961 per year on average. I bet it'd be nice to have a little bit of extra dough in your pocket. That's all I'm saying. If they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you have the best rate out there. That's what they did for me. They brought me that peace of mind, that comfort knowing I'm not getting ripped off. I'm not spending too much and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spams or robocalls. You gotta love that. Again, you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash DNVR. Remember, they do not sell your info. You will not get blown up with insurance calls after checking Gabby out. That itself is super comforting to me. One more time, head to gabi.com slash DNVR. See how much you can save. Make sure you get that slash DNVR in there and give us some cred. We love you. Shout out to all the DNVR supporters. Word, 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 word. I have not been on a heater when it comes to sports betting lately. Actually, lost like three or four in a row, so I'm, I'm cold. I'm going to have to hit up a DNVR bets, get the master info from Professor Dre, Andre Simone, RK, get some of that inside info, because I am struggling. Your boy is bleeding dollars. Not what you want to do. Still up for the year, though. And it's just fun. It's It's so much fun. It makes... Every game interesting. I love that sports betting is finally legalized. And I love DraftKings Sportsbook, not just because they're our partners. 
I think their app is so convenient. It's just the shit. Anyways, some uh, some teams that CSU fans should be rooting for this weekend. Starting with number one, the Creighton Blue Jays. Georgetown, they've surprisingly been able to make a, a run to the to the final. They're taking on Creighton in the Big East final after upsetting Seton Hall yesterday. They went 12 and 12 this season. Uh, we're, we're not on the bubble, so if Georgetown wins the Big East tournament, they're definitely going to be a bid stealer. And unfortunately, they're not the only one. Oregon State, man, they're on a crazy run. They upset UCLA and Oregon, the number one seed and number four seed, on their way to the championship game. They will face Colorado. CSU fans actually in a position where they have to be rooting for the buffs on Saturday. I know it's going to make everybody sick to their stomach. And personally, Oregon State, they're in the Pac-12, but they're they're kind of like an honorary mid-major team. So I hate rooting against a team like this that's just making a fun run because this is what makes college basketball so exciting. A team that upsets UCLA, a team that, you know, upsets its in-state rival, the number one seed in the tournament, Oregon. What a great story. I don't want to root against that, but I'm a CSU guy through and through. I obviously want the Rams to play in the tournament. I want a chance to cover a team in the tournament. Got to be pulling for the buffs in the final. And uh, it's actually a feeling that's mutual. McKinley Wright, this was tweeted out by Sean Keeler of the Denver Post. He asked McKinley Wright, you know, if if what it means to him that CSU fans probably going to be pulling, you know, for the buffs or, or what he feels about that. And he actually said, that he's rooting for CSU to make the tournament. You know, basically said, we I hate them when we play them. Other than that, I root for them. And I thought that was really cool. I thought I think that's a a guy who just gets it. I mean, it's good for the state of Colorado when both of these teams are relevant. It's more fun when both of the teams are competitive. These guys, they want to be the best. They want to beat the best. But ultimately, you know, game recognizes game. Real recognizes real. I think there's a, a level of respect there. And honestly, I feel like that's pretty common throughout the hoops rivalry. It's a little bit more respectful. It's a little bit more sportsmanlike. Obviously, there's always going to be, you know, some bad blood between the fans. That's that's just how it is. But in general, I think there's a level of respect. And I just I like that about the hoops rivalry. I, I think the football rivalry can be a little toxic and, and over the top, if we're being completely honest, just some of it gets really vulgar and and just it isn't the best representation of either fan base. I think we get a little less of that on the hoop side. And a big part of it has to do with the players and the coaches openly respecting each other. And I just wanted to shout out McKinley Wright. He's a guy where, you know, if you listen to DNVR Madness, I'm a massive McKinley Wright fan. I hate to say it. I'm not trying to be a buff guy, but I, I also I like Tad Boyle. I like Evan Batty. I like Dry Horn. This is a this is a a likable bus team. They're fun to watch. I think they're poised to make a run. I If, if CSU and CU do make it in the tournament, I, I hope they're not in the same region because it's not a team I would want to run into. Um, but I just, I thought it was cool that McKinley Wright said that it's obviously better for the state of Colorado when both teams are relevant. And uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm rooting for the bus to have success in the tournament. I will go ahead and say it. Hope it doesn't come at the expense of CSU if they make it. But uh, if CSU doesn't make it, especially... You know, I got a lot of friends that are Buffs fans. I, I won't go so far as saying I'll be wearing black and gold or anything like that. I just will not be talking as much trash as I normally would. I'll, I'll just be watching and, you know, I'd, I would be happy for McKinley Wright 
if he won a game or two. Buffs fans, eh, 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 whatever. But Wright's a good dude. He's a baller. And uh, he's he's one of those guys that college basketball is all about. I, and I think Isaiah Stevens and David Roddy are those type of guys as well. You know, guys that you build your program around, guys, four-year starters, guys that the community rallies around, that really embraces what it means. And that's that's cool. That's really cool. That was always kind of lacking in the Eustace era. And part of that was just they didn't recruit that many four-year guys. There were very few four-year guys under Larry Eustace. Uh, Joe Desimond was the only one, I believe. So it, it, you just you don't get that same continuity. You don't get that same sense of community. And that's what's fun about this CSU team. That's what's been fun about the CU team for Buffs fans. And uh, I don't know. I just wanted to shout out McKinley Wright. I kind of went on a tangent there. We'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, CSU fans got to pull for the Buffs on Saturday. I know you hate to hear it, but it's just the gosh darn truth. I'll have a, a ton of more content, you know, as we, you know, get to Selection Sunday after we know if CSU makes it or not. Some, you know, greater pieces on just the future of the program, what this season means. Even if they don't make the NCAA tournament, this was obviously a season to remember. You know, that incredible comeback at San Diego State, the biggest comeback in Mountain West history, the most league wins ever by a CSU team. I mean, these are things that you should appreciate because they're special. They don't happen very often. And uh, this is a great group. It, it really is. And I've enjoyed covering them. I, I really wish I would have gotten to be around them in person. It would have been even better and, and the content would have been even better. But, um, you know, I'm appreciative of the, the time we did get. And I hope that it continues because they're just a whole lot of fun to watch. All right, that's all we have. Um, I try not to be too negative on this one act like the sky is falling obviously it was a tough night against utah state i'm not making excuses i just wanted to point out they're a phenomenal team so yeah it was it was a rough night for the rams offensively and it, it was hard to watch at times and it sucks that that's the way you went out but let's not act like utah state isn't a damn good team they are and yamas kata man that was a it was a block party that's the only way to put it what a beast. All right, we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm intrigued to see how the San Diego State-Utah State game plays out. At this point, I'm not sure it, it really matters for CSU either way. They went one and one against both teams in the regular season. San Diego State, they're in either or not at this point. I would imagine Utah State is in either way at this point, but I guess we shall see. Uh, anyways, we'll have more hoops content over the next couple of days throughout March Madness. Going to have live shows. Um, every single morning of the first round of the tournament, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. I know you guys are too. You love hoops. We love hoops. We playing basketball. All right. I'm out. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water, together make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want.